Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast with Borg, Betts, and we got Brown with us this week. We're doing good with the alliteration. First off, Betts, how you doing, man? Oh, I am doing so well, Kyle. I am excited for another week of DFS. Uh, I just got done writing up the Thursday Night Football game preview, which was absolutely horrible to do in the DFS pass between the Jets and the Broncos. And of course, this comes out on Friday, so maybe you already understand what happened in the game, but that was rough. Uh, I'm excited to talk about these games on tonight's show because we have some good ones lined up for you all, but I'm even more excited to sit down with one of my favorite DFS minds in the industry uh, today, our good friend, Derek Brown. Yeah, Derek, you probably know him at Debro underscore FFB on Twitter. He's at Fade the Noise right now. So, Derek, why don't you just say hello to the people and what it's like at FTN? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Thank you all for having me. This is uh, going to be a blast. Uh, Bets, we've talked before. Kyle, first time. Hi, what's up? Um, <laughs> I appreciate you all having me, man. This is going to be a fun slate to talk about. A lot of high total games. And uh, yeah, man, like it's grind season. I think we all understand that. I, I, I'm crushing content over at FTN uh, with my co-host Adam Piper. We have the Fade the Chalk podcast coming out three times a week. So I mean, every day, all day, it's all football, boys. Let's go. And this week, you know, with some things changing, we might have football every single day. That's what it's going to be eventually, boys, is that, you know, Tuesday's a football day, Wednesday's a football day. Um, We're kind of getting that, like you said, Bets. It's kind of a Thursday night football game with Jets and Broncos. But (laughs) yeah, and it's an interesting slate. There are some high totals, and there's also ways you have to pay up this week. I feel like last week was one of those weeks where there's a lot of chalk at running back and a lot of chalk at the quarterbacks, but uh, this week's looking different. But quick question we're going to start off with. What's one DFS lesson you learned in week three? We'll start off with you, Bets. Yeah, you just talked about the chalk of week three last week. And, you know, I feel like there's just this idea in the DFS space that when you play in GPPs and you play in tournaments, like you have to have all these guys that are sub 5% uh, roster to actually win. And that's just not true. It's just there's too many thin plays, right? So the best example I can give you guys to understand how you should be kind of looking at uh, the roster percentages in your lineups is not necessarily looking at each single player from a percentage standpoint of like, oh, this guy's 5%, this guy's 3%. You can have a few of those, but it's still okay in GPPs to play chalk plays, quote unquote, because if you didn't have the Russ Lockett DK type of stack last week. I mean, you certainly missed out. And yes, they were on a ton of rosters, but it's because they were phenomenal plays. And we talked about it on the show, uh, just being our favorite game to stack last week. And so, you know, if you if you hear us say, oh, this is a cash game play, I think the biggest lesson for people to learn is you can still play those players in GPPs. It's not like a binary system where one player is only GPP, one player is only cash. So I just want to put that out there because I think that, you know, there's just this idea i think in dfs that all these players in gpp should just be like two percent owned and and certainly that will not get you uh anywhere it's too thin what about you derek so i think i'm going to double down on what bets is talking about and add a little something here is that 
really you can get different and still ch- uh, like stack chalky games, but just do it different. Like you can get quarterback running back correlations. You could double stack wide receivers with quarterbacks. There are different ways that you could still attack chalky games and high total games that are even popular on the week and just do it in a different manner. Like and, and to Betts's point, I had a lot of Chris Carson last week as leverage on the field versus DK and, and Lockett. It didn't pay off. I mean, who would have known Lockett had like what two or three touchdowns inside the five, but it's to say that you can be different in targeting the same really popular games weekly. For sure. For me, um, I got super lucky. I had Tyler Croft everywhere. He was my punt play. And I mean, I played him in almost, I mean, so many tournaments, but I had hardly any Josh Allen. And I don't know what I was thinking. If if, if I have Croft, he was, I think, 2,900 on DK. You'd think if he was going to do somewhat well, I didn't foresee two touchdowns, but Josh Allen would have to do well as well. So for me, it's just simple correlation of just, that's a stack that I should have had in my lineup. And Allen could have soaked up, you know, the rushing touchdowns and then thrown one or two. Um, I just didn't foresee that. And so I like punting at tight end. It's actually worked out pretty well this year, but I want to be able to correlate with our quarterback. So this week, we're going to talk about the state of the main slate. We're going to talk about those five high total games. I mean, this week, it's off the charts. I mean, we're getting, we're talking about five games that are all over 50. And um, I'm just excited because there's so many different ways to attack it. And that's how you win at DFS. You look at these games that everyone's going to be playing and try to figure out how I'm going to uh, configure my roster and how I'm going to be a little different than everyone else, especially for tournaments. Then we're going to do a DFS battle Royale where Derek gets to take on bets and I in a couple of specific categories. Um, we might even end up talking about drew sample again, which oh. didn't work out that well. Woo. <laughs> uh, I, I got to tell the listeners, Kyle, I got to peek behind the curtain. Uh, when we record, you usually have uh, behind you, a whiteboard that has something written on it that's related to DFS. And sadly, there's nothing for this week. So I don't even know who I'm going to play without that advice. But last week, it was Drew Sample cash lock on the board. <laughs> uh, that did not work out for us. So yeah, uh, back to the back to the drawing board with the whiteboard, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> if, we, if we got points for routes run, I feel like we'd be okay. But... Or snaps played, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, no. the, I'm in the money with Logan Thomas then as well. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for cheap tight ends, and uh, yeah, the sampler didn't work out. He was a, more of a stool sample than anything else this past <laughs> week. And we actually did a, a contest this past week. Uh, if you went on iTunes, you subscribed and reviewed. Uh, we were going to pick one of those people to have a DFS Zoom chat with uh, Bets and myself, and we're taking Jake Verdon, who actually put in the Costco sampler as his review. He wrote this, this podcast is informative. Thanks man. On picking players week to week. It doesn't just tell you every single player to target. They actually help you learn about how to play DFS. So you can be a more educated player. Love the podcast guys. Keep it up. And I appreciate that because I think at the end of the day, I think for all of us, all three of us, we want to be able to not just tell people here's the right picks. We want to give you a fishing pole. We want to give you the opportunity to actually move forward and figure out how to configure this. I mean, you are investing your own money in DFS. So hopefully you take some ownership in it. So um, anything else you guys want to say before we get into the slate? No, I mean, I'm just excited to talk uh, and do the Zoom chat with with Jake. It's going to be a good week. Uh, Jake hopefully can help you out there. 
and uh, give you some good picks. But yes, I agree. I think that this is the way to do it for long-term success. Uh, you know, it's just understanding how to play DFS, how to win, uh, because there will be up and down weeks. And sometimes the picks that you hear on other shows or in articles won't hit. But if you kind of make the right pivot off of those picks or understand correlation and those sort of things, you can still have success. So yeah, I'm with you, man. That is, that's the way to do it, in my opinion. All right, let's get into the main slate. State of the main slate. So we're going to break down the five games that we think are the most valuable for DFS this week. And if you want our picks, if you want our cash game picks on DraftKings and FanDuel, uh, some of the articles that Betts and I write up, including a pace of play article that I just came out with today, then you can go online, ultimatedfspass.com. If you bought the UDK, then you get it for half off, which is kind of a steal. Honestly, we're giving this away and it's only just a one-time fee. So if you want to go online, ultimate DFS pass, you can do that. All right, let's get into this first game, boys. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys have been a team that we've talked about every single week. They take on the Cleveland Browns at home. This game has a 55 over under and the Cowboys are four and a half point home favorites. So let's start off with you, Derek. When you look at this game, what are the things or the pieces that you're trying to to look at in terms of DFS? So I, I think it's first off, you need to t- start talking about, like you mentioned uh, the pace of this game. There is Dallas and then there's basically everybody else right now in terms of pace. I mean, good gosh, the Cowboys are running like 3.9 seconds lower. And for people that don't know, understand the context of that plays per game, like seconds, like that is insane. Like they are running so many plays per game. It's egregious. And so obviously my gaze is first just centered on the Cowboys. I think that Dak is firmly in play here. This secondary has been beat up. I mean, we've seen Denzel Ward dealing with some injuries and stuff. So if I'm starting to look at this game from a stacking perspective, I'm going to peer over at the Dallas sideline first to like at least begin my builds. Yeah. And Betts, do you think with Dak, like, do you prefer him other over other quarterbacks on this slate or is he just in the mix with cash? Cause he's right there in his price on FanDuel. He's 8,200 on DK. He's 7,200. Yeah. I mean, I think he's certainly both cash and GPP uh, viable this week. I I love the the pace of Dallas. Absolutely love it. They're four and a half point favorites here. So certainly you expect them to be up and potentially they could be even up by a touchdown or more. And I think just one thing that I'm a little hesitant about in this game is, you know, we talked about other shootouts where like there's no chance these offenses take their, their foot off the pedal, so to speak. For example, Seattle and Atlanta in week one, we were all over it. We said, yes, play all the pass catchers. Don't even think twice about it. Well, in this type of scenario, if we're projecting Dallas to win, which Vegas is, uh, in 2019, when they were winning by a touchdown or more, they ranked 21st in pace. So they, they slowed down when they were winning. Now, new coaching staff, you know, all that kind of stuff. So things might change. But my point with that is I still like Dak and I like Dak, Amari, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, et cetera, stacks. But I just don't know that Cleveland's going to have the firepower and the game environment to really like be able to, uh, to stack it aggressively. So I do like Dak. I just don't know that he has the upside that he normally does in GPPs. You know, for example, against Seattle, it was like, duh, yes, play Dak Prescott. He's going to smash. So I think he'll have a good game. I just don't know that we'll see his true ceiling if Cleveland can't bring it back for us the way that other offenses have against Dallas. Yeah, for me, this is a Zeke game. And I went nuts last week where I was a full on fade 
with Zeke and I was scared as crap. I thought it was going to backfire on me, but it worked out pretty well. But this week it feels like it's a Zeke game. And I, I love that point you brought up, like when they're leading and so far, I mean, they've had to keep pace in their three games. They've had three really tough games. Um, I feel like things could slow down a little bit. And for me, I just never know which receiver it's going to be each week. I mean, last week we, we talked up Gallup and I was thankful, but I was also scared that it could have been Cooper. So Derek, do you feel that way about these three receivers? I mean, I, I know you're you're talking about Zeke here. I'm actually a little bit more worried about Zeke. I, I, in looking at this game, I like the pass catchers more. I mean, if you look at Zeke in this offensive line, they've had some injuries and stuff. Like Zeke is one of only, if you look at team perspectives, and Zeke is basically the rushing game for Dallas, uh, only them and the Jets have, have failed to break off a 15-yard or longer run. So, um I've got some concerns like Betts is talking about with the pace of this game because Dallas slowing down, can Cleveland keep up? Um, much less even passing rates on the Cleveland Browns side. But I do find myself uh, gravitating to Dak and the pass catchers in this just because of some of the cornerback matchups. But as far as um, that gives me a little bit more faith that Dak can pay off, I guess. Yeah, for sure. On the other side of the ball, uh, we found out today, and news could break later on in the week, that Kareem Hunt didn't practice on Wednesday with a groin injury. Um, I love his price this week on FanDuel at 5900 but is this a game where Nick Chubb is just going to get all the work um, and he's just you just have to put him in there? What do you think, Betts? It's tough, right? Because he's, he's a great running back. He's been on fire when they give him the ball and certainly on the ground game. Like This is the offense Kevin Stefanski wants to run in Cleveland is – that two tight end set, run the ball a ton, you know, win at the line of scrimmage, and it's worked. But like we talked about, if Dallas gets up and they are up in pace early on, it's going to force Baker potentially to throw more. And in those scenarios, I am a little concerned about Nick Chubb being able to sustain, you know, four quarters of production if they get down by a score or even two scores. I think we'll see a lot of Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's out targeted Nick Chubb so far this season, 11 to just three targets for Nick Chubb, which you know, in redraft leagues, like that's what everyone was talking about as as a concern when you're drafting these two guys is can Nick Chubb sustain in the passing game? And if you're playing on somewhere like DraftKings, where certainly that full point PPR matters a lot more, I'm a little bit more nervous about Nick Chubb uh, in that type of format. But I do like both guys. They're both great running backs. I mean, their offense goes through them. I think I prefer Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kyle, you're highlighting it here on the dock. The, the pricing is just insane between these two guys on FanDuel. Cream Hunt is literally a free play. He is $5,900, which is an obscene price. Uh, but on yeah. DraftKings, just $6,200 as well. Yeah, and he's just game script proof. So that, that's why I like him so much in this game if they're going to be playing a little bit of catch up, presumably, against Dallas. Um, the pass catchers here, you know, in Cleveland, you're just always just waiting around for a dud from Odell. I feel like Jarvis is someone that you could look at. You know, Landry's only 5,100 on DK. He's cheap enough that in a tournament, I'm open to that in this game. And then the tight ends are also GPP plays. Um, Austin Hooper's basically done nothing this year. But in games where Leighton Manoresh is out over the last year or so, Dallas has given up the second most tight end points. And Dalton Schultz, he's just out on the field. So I don't mind either of those tight ends. But um, I think in this game, you just have to pick what part of the Dallas game you want uh, to run with. So any last thoughts on the players? Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, go ahead, but go ahead, go ahead Betts. I was going to say, what are you guys thoughts on uh, Odell Beckham? I mean, 
it's been kind of nice where so far the season through three weeks, you can look at him and say, oh, this is a game where he should come out and he should win. And it worked right against uh, Cincy. But in games where you're like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I think the Browns are going to hang pretty close. He's been an easy fade because they just aren't having the volume. But like, like we said, if we're projecting to play from behind, I mean, Dallas is getting destroyed in the secondary. Do you guys think Odell can come out and have, have a big game? I think he's a good price on DK. 5800 bucks. He's in that range where we see wide receivers just get lost in the shuffle. People either want to pay up for those guys that are expensive or just go way, way down. And so he might get lost in the GPPs. I'm, I'm really intrigued. Yeah, I like Odell. I think that you're like you're talking about bets. I think that some of the, the either people want to pay up or, or depending on where roster percentages kind of go for the week and and what the chalky wide receivers are. I think Odell could get lost in the mix. I think one of the things we're talking about here is I, I worry about like Baker garnering enough passing volume. So I feel like if you're going to stack this game. I don't think that Baker is going to get enough passing volume to carry two wide receivers with him if he does get there or if he has a good game. So I feel like you're going to have to be picking between Odell or Jarvis because, I mean, look, like Cleveland's going to keep the running game involved, even if they are down. Like they have the fifth lowest passing percentage when they're trailing in the league. So we know even if they're down by like three touchdowns, they're still going to run the ball. So I think you're going to pick either Odell or Jarvis in this game. I like them both because, like you're talking about, this Dallas secondary is beat to heck and back. Like, they're really, really struggling. And I do want to mention Dalton Schultz before we move on here. If we're talking about ways to stack this game and be different, I think that he's a really interesting call here at 4,300 over on DK. And if you look at Cleveland, I mean, so far this season, I know we only have a three-game sample to look at, but they've allowed the third most receptions to tight end, fourth most uh, touchdowns to tight end, and third most DK points per game. So I think he's an interesting way to be different in this game. For sure. Yeah, like and with those, with those wide receivers on Cleveland, you know, Landry's going to come in, I don't know, under 5, 5%, maybe less mm-hmm. than that in tournaments. So he's who I prefer in tournaments if if you want to go there. But it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's probably only going to be one of those guys. All right, let's do the Vegas pick. Bets, any thoughts on that? This is a get-right game for Dallas. I'll take them laying the points. And then I also think the under. We talked about the pace concerns with uh, Cleveland, so I'm going to lean under. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I feel like 55 is just a little too much. Uh, I don't think Baker can keep pace. Derek, any thoughts on that? I'm with you. I think that the under, we have so many high total games or at least high over unders on this slate. I feel like taking the under on a lot of these different games is probably the sharp call. All right, next game, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Arizona's three and a half point road favorites, and it's a 52 point total. And these are two teams that we really like because they run a lot of plays and we've been talking about the Panthers offseason during the offseason bets because we just like the fact that we know who those three receivers are going to be. And Teddy Bridgewater, granted, you know, the T rate's super low, but dude's fourth in the league in passing yards. A lot of it's garbage time. And last week they shocked the Chargers. I did not see that coming at all. Uh, but this is a fun game. These are some fun teams that also don't know how to play defense. And we like that for fantasy. So I'll start with you, Bets. What do you like on the Arizona side? Oh, man, I thought you were going to ask me what I like about this game, and I was going to say everything. Uh, both teams up in pace, and you know the, the thing I love about the Cardinals is I think this is a spot where we can be 
um, at a, a spot to take an advantage of other people playing DFS that are more of a week-to-week overreact type of group, uh, so to speak, right? The Cardinals, we talked about them on the show. I'm sure every DFS show talked about the Cardinals last week. They were in a prime spot against the Lions. They lost, and they weren't really that great for fantasy, right? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins didn't hit his ceiling. Kyler Murray threw three interceptions, and certainly better days than that are ahead for this offense as we've seen in weeks one and two so i am not i'm not scared i'm not fading the cardinals obviously the matchup is fantastic against the panthers so i think the thing that i'm i'm excited about on that side of the ball is kyler murray being a play that i think is going to be rostered on less uh less teams than he should given that he had a down week last week i'm gonna be willing to pay up for him uh, against this carolina panthers defense yeah and Kenyon drake's price didn't change at all on dk and a lot of people were playing him last week. You know, last week it was, are you playing Miles Sanders? Are you playing Kenyon Drake? And are you playing Jonathan Taylor? Like those are the three running backs. And for the most part, they really disappointed. And so Drake is in an awesome spot here against the Panthers who just know how to bleed out points to the running back. So super fun. And they'll have Christian Kirk back. Um, he's recovering from a groin injury, but he's supposed to be back. Um, I would like to play Kirk if I'm stacking this game, but um, yeah, these are just some fun teams and their prices, especially some of the Panthers are affordable enough that you can, uh, kind of game stack this. So Derek, what do you like in this game? I actually like the Panthers side a whole lot in this game, because I think that a lot of people are, we're still on the, the Panthers are bad against running backs. They're bad against just the rushing defense in general. So I think this game, what we're talking about being different in GPPs, I think that this is a really interesting game to, again, try to do that because I think a lot of people, the knee jerk, like, can y'all say, like, where would you put Kenyon Drake's roster percentage? Like, is he going to be the chalk, probably like a cash game play this week? I, I think, think he so. will. I oh, think you do? For, I think people will. I think he will. I think sharp, sharp people will go yeah. back to him. Um, Casual I think, people, though, you, you look at the box score, right? It's been it's been bad. I mean, not bad, but it's been disappointing relative to expectations. For sure. Some of the early projections, I've seen him anywhere in tournaments from like 12 to 14 percent. Well, that's great. We like that. Yeah. And I, my whole point is that, like, I think that and, and I'm kind of with you all, like, I think that Kenyon Drake probably gets a little more popular as the week goes on. Like this is coming out on Friday. I think that people are still on running, do you know, using running backs versus Carolina. And so I really think that it's a good way to try to be different. Like if Kenyon Drake is going to come in at a high roster percentage, then if you're or him and Kyler Murray and people are looking at attacking via the ground, then if you're going to be stacking this game, going with Teddy Bridgewater and some of these pass catchers or, you know, Teddy B and even pairing him with somebody and running it back would say like DeAndre Hopkins is an easy way to get leverage on the field, depending on what you're seeing as far as like what GBPs could look like this week. And obviously my favorite play out of this entire game has got to be DJ Moore. I love him in this game. I think that he is primed to smash this week. If you look at it, uh, I don't think that he's going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson in this game. Him and, and Drake or Patrick have basically been playing sides. They've been about 60% or a little bit higher, uh, covering only one side of the field. So I don't think that this is a, a matchup where he's going to be shadowed or followed or anything of that nature. And we look at DJ Moore. I mean, he's been getting a lot of targets. He's been, been getting a ton of air yards. And if you're looking to attack Drake or Patrick, you do it deep down the field. I mean, 2018 to 2019, the dude has given up four of his six touchdowns on A dots 27 or higher. So it, 
Teddy has been really accurate when he's gone down the field. Now he hasn't done it that much, but if he does in this game, I, I really like DJ Moore to take a long, a long one to the house in this one. I yeah, love it. I, I, I think he's there. I think he's in play, especially on DraftKings. Um, I mean, I'm, we're suckers for Teddy Bridgewater here and I, I feel like I'm a little biased <laughs> that I want him to be a thing. Um, is I that because you have Teddy the you have the MVP odds, uh, ten thousand plus ten thousand? He's ten thousand to one at the beginning of the year, Derek. So when you get ten thousand to one odds, I mean, you gotta, you smash the button on that, right? That, that's oh, done. Sure. I mean, I mean, our house. I put our house on it. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so any of these other players you guys interested? Robbie Anderson? Anybody? He's always uh, in consideration. I I think so. I mean. I've been kind of like, a, I don't know, maybe it was my preseason bias against having Robbie Anderson in fantasy has gotten me in, in DFS, but he's come out and he's produced. And, you know, I, I agree with with Derek, like DJ Moore to me is a guy that I will not skip over when I'm scrolling through the wide receiver list because he's in that range. Fifty six hundred dollars. His price has dropped a thousand dollars since week one on DraftKings. So like certainly it's coming down. He's a value. The air yards are there as you know, Derek said all that stuff. So I'm with you, but there is still a, a scenario that exists where Kyler Drake Hopkins come out and smash. And it's actually, um, Robbie Anderson that comes out and has the great game. So I will have more DJ Moore uh, than Anderson, but I will still play a few Robbie Anderson shares. I like what you did there. <laughs> like that. That's a lot of mores. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's only $200 cheaper from Moore, so I could see that being just a great pivot. You know, $200 less, sorry, at $5,400 on DK. So I like that. Any last thoughts, Derek? Uh, I, I want to talk about Mike Davis. I know we're going to get him in here later, so I, I don't want to give up too much just yet. Uh, I like him in this game, though, because the way that you attack Arizona, not only through the air, but with running backs. I mean, right now they've given up the fifth most receiving yards to the running back position, and they've done that only on the 21st most receptions to running backs. Like running backs have only caught 13 passes, and Arizona's given up 202 yards through the air to the running back position. So for a guy that we know is going to get all the snaps, all the touches, and he's going to get run in the passing game, again, we're talking about being different. I keep I sound like a broken record here, but if you're going with Teddy and you're looking to double stack him, Get a correlation with a running back is not insane uh, as opposed to like just going with two receivers here. For sure. That's a great call. And I'll also add that the Cardinals defense is a huge value on FanDuel. Uh, they're the DST 13 compared to DraftKings where, the, where they're the fifth uh, highest salary. So if you want to go there on FanDuel at 3,800 in a tournament, uh, go for it if you think the Panthers are just going to blow it. So uh, bets. what's your Vegas pick? Yeah, I like the over in this game for sure. Pace is going to be up. These guys, both teams have the potential to put up points in bunches. So yeah, I'll take the over on 52. All right, next game we've got. We've got those Seattle Seahawks 3-0 and visiting the Miami Dolphins. We get to talk about the Dolphins on this Let's podcast. I mean, that is fun. This game has a 54-point over-under and Seahawks are six and a half point favorites. But man, we get to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick in a GPP. Are you telling me I need to lock it in, Bets? Lock it in, Kyle. I am so excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick this week, and I never thought I would say those words on this podcast. But listen, when you have a beard like that, I mean, think good things just happen, right? He is the quarterback 24 in pricing on DraftKings, which is just silly. He's going to finish inside the top 12 this week because you know who he plays? He plays the MVP 
in uh, Russ and Seattle. There is no way Seattle doesn't put up points against Miami. By default, Ryan Fitzpatrick has to put up points on that side of the ball to keep up. And I mean, Seattle, man, they are just forcing teams to chuck it because they're they're forcing teams to play from behind all game, forcing teams to play at a, a situation where they're throwing the ball almost 52 pass attempts per game. That is silly. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to chuck it a ton in this game. I don't think people are going to be on him that much because a lot of people are going to look at this game and say, oh, Russ, lock it in there. You know, you got Lockett, you got Metcalf, like all these guys are in my lineup for sure, but they're not going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so I think if you want to get some leverage on Russell Wilson, uh, you could play a Ryan Fitzpatrick stack with maybe a Mike Kosicki, who I love this week, or one of his pass catchers, and then bring it back with Tyler Lockett uh, or DK Metcalf. I'm all over that strategy this week in GPPs. You're such a sucker for Gasicki with your Penn State ties, man. You, you yep, love that. This dude. is true. What you really meant to say was to stack Ryan Fitzpatrick with Jordan Howard. Now that's oh, called getting all, getting all the <laughs> touchdowns. Oh dear God, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> the classic Derek, two carries for one yard and a touchdown. <laughs> all the touchdowns. All the touchdowns. That's what you want. Derek, what do you like in this game? I'm with bets here. I I love Fitzpatrick. I I love Gusecki and I like Parker in this game. I think that Fitzpatrick's price is so low low over on DK that he is going to allow you so much flexibility with your roster. And this game is going like both of these teams are going to have to attack via the passing game. I mean, Seattle's got the concerns. I mean, Carson's probably going to miss this game. So I can't see them you know, running a ton of Carvel's hide, uh, seeing them, they're letting Russ cook. But back to the beard here, I mean, this game is set up for him to just smash in this game because the way that Seattle is allowing points, I mean, so far this season, they're allowing the most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers, which basically that's what Gasecki is. The guy's only lined up in line as a tight end on 12% of his snaps. So, I love him and people need to view him as playing a wide receiver in your tight end position. So right. I love him. I love Devonte Parker who people will point to the five targets he got last week. And I'm like, you do realize that Fitzpatrick only threw the ball 20 times, right? Like that's still a 25% target share. Another week off the injury. He goes against Shaquille Griffin who can't, he can't stop anything, man. I mean, in his coverage, 76 catch rate allowed, 318 receiving yards and a 126 oh, passer Lord. rating. Like he might as well just fall down and say, go ahead, take the touchdowns. You, you <laughs> can just run. It's all good. Like I need, I'm just going to sit here for a second and take a break. And, and so I love Fitzpatrick this week. And I think that you can, you could just full game stack this, to be honest, like with the savings that you get on the, the Miami side, you could stack this with both of the Seattle wide receivers and just go full game stack and move on. No, that's a great call. And yeah, Parker's just, he's just set up to smash this week. My question for you guys is, can you play Fitzpatrick in cash? Like we know what his floor is. His floor is like he's out of the game or something, but um, he did that in Tampa Bay. But can you play him in cash when he's that cheap? I think you can. I mean, I, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Because he's yeah, the, 20, the price, 27 right? points, 27 and 25 points the last two weeks. That's cash viable for me, especially considering if you want to play all the dudes and pay up at cash. No, that, yes. I mean, it, it's so fun to think Seattle too, do- right? Like giving up top seven 
finishes at the quarterback position every week. <laughs> so we don't even need it. Like, even if he doesn't reach his ceiling in cash, if, if Fitzpatrick comes out and he's like the quarterback 12 on the week, that's fine. That'll that'll get the job done in cash. So, yes, I think you can play him. And like you said, the price, I mean, come on. That, that's an absolute joke. Yeah. No, love it. Uh, you have to pay up on FanDuel for Russell Wilson right now, and the prices are going to keep increasing. On DK, though, 7800 still feels like not enough for the guy who's probably the MVP so far. So if you want to play Russell and just say, you know what, I just want to keep it safe. That's who I want to start. Um, that's what I want to play in cash. Go for it. Um, do you guys prefer Lockett or Metcalf this week if you had to pick one? Um, I would probably go Lockett uh, in this game. I mean, Jamel Perry's just not been great in the slot. I mean, he's been targeted six times, allowed receptions every single time. Um, I mean, he's the guy that he led the, the NFL in red zone targets last season. So, I think that people would knee jerk. Like, who do y'all think is going to have the higher roster percentage? I think it'll probably be DK because I think his name's a little bit sexier. I think people want to play him more than they want to play a locket on a weekly basis. So I'll, I'll side with locket on this one. I agree. I mean, yeah, you talked about the slot wide receivers against uh, Miami are just crushing. They're giving up almost an 80% completion percentage to all slot wide receivers they've played so far in 2020. And I agree. I do think DK Metcalf, is probably going to have more people on him, uh, just given that you know. I think people have this stigma of like, oh, Tyler Lockett is the safe play. Dick and Metcalf is the upside play. I mean, Tyler Lockett it was just going to smash his ADP every single year in fantasy until he doesn't. And he's just coming out and, and winning us a lot of money this year. So I'm very excited about Tyler Lockett. But I, I, I will play both, no doubt about it. Uh, I prefer Lockett, though, if I had to pick one. In our early projections, we have these two wide receivers hovering around 13 to 14% each. So they're basically the same. Um, so yeah, pick which one you like. It's totally fine. And then let's just finish with Carlos Hyde. We kind of mentioned him. If Carson sits at 5,300 on DK, is he one of those cheaper running backs that you do want to target this week? You know, we get those every single week. Last week it was McKinnon. Did you want Jeff Wilson? Was it Singletary? Uh, is Hyde someone that you want to stick in? Are you confident? I don't know. I, I just okay. So there's there's a scenario where it works, right? But that scenario is he has to find the end zone because he's not getting a lot of targets. He's not playing on on passing down uh, situations or obvious passing situations. That's Travis Homer. And so if you're playing on DK, where we want that full point PPR, I'm nervous about Carlos Hyde. I mean, fifty three hundred dollars is not that cheap for a backup running back. We're going to talk about guys that are that are less than 6k in our battle royale segment and there's all three of the guys that we listed i would prefer over carlos hyde so i, I don't think i'm on him this week yeah i agree i think that he's just he's not he's, he's not cheap enough like where he's at you could pay up just even slightly and get guys that are going to own their backfield so i think it's a no-go for hyde for me and even like we're talking about homer i mean can we all agree that like even playing homer if you're trying to be different is just being too cute this week yeah, he, they had the same number so. of snaps. They could just split it, and they mm -hmm. both just aren't that valuable for DFS. The question is, are they going to get you there, especially in a tournament? And I just can't see it. I mean, if you really want to just go contrarian and say, you know what, they're going to get the touchdowns on the ground, go for it. But yeah, that price is not enough for me. Um, all right, so for the Vegas pick, right now it's Seattle minus 6.5. For me, I will take Seattle minus 6.5. Bets. Yeah, I'm with you. I also like the over in this one as well. 
Yeah, Derek. clean clean sweep. I, I'm on both. I think the cover, and I think I like the over in this one. All right, well, let's get weird on this next game. Let's let's uh, let's mix it up on our Vegas picks, guys. I want something way out there. <laughs> it's a good game. It's uh, those Kansas City Chiefs who just showed us on Monday night that they are just man, they're unstoppable on offense. Patrick Mahomes is just looks even better than he did uh, years before. Chiefs are three and zero. Patriots are two and one. This game has a fifty three and a half point total, and the Chiefs are seven point home favorites. So seven points against Bill Belichick feels like a ton where we talked about it last week. Like it's been a long time since the Patriots have been underdogs and now um, a whole touchdown is certainly is a lot. So in this game, what are you going to do? Let's first start with the Patriots side, because I feel like that's the one that people are trying to figure out. Are there pieces that they want to play? Can you play Cam, especially after a week where he completely underwhelmed and it was all Rex Burkhead? What do you think, Betts? I think you can, and I think you should, uh, as a way to, again, get after a quarterback who disappointed, who's probably not going to be on enough rosters where he has the ceiling to get to a top three week, but he is priced as the QB 10, especially on DraftKings. It, it, I don't know about you guys. That, to me, just seems like a misprice for uh, for Cam Newton here, where we just see the Patriots always come out and, and just play to their opponents' weaknesses the Chiefs right now are getting absolutely destroyed on the ground. And so if you're looking for a, a rushing attack, you know, we saw it with Miami. They came out and they just said, you know what, Cam, don't even bother throwing the ball. Like you're just going to run a ton. Um, could that work for them I- this week? Potentially. And I think he's a guy who in GPPs is not going to be on anyone's radar. So, yes, I do like Cam Newton in this matchup. Another thing, too, just to put this out there real quick is like they're so adaptable. They're, they're like a chameleon, right? Like if, if they get down early and they can't just run the ball like crazy, like they, they did with Miami when they played Seattle, Cam had to throw the ball. He had over 400 passing yards. Like it can still get there for you. So yeah, I like Cam Newton quite a bit this week, especially on DK at 6.4 K. I do think it's a, a misprice. What about the running backs, Derek? Like, do you want to figure that out this week? James White's supposed to be back. Do you want to go there? I think, and I'm more on the KC side of this, I, I'm actually not leaning so much on Cam. I'm more on Patrick Mahomes. And so, yes, I am on the running backs because I think if you're looking at Coach Bill, I think that if the way that you attack this KC offense or this KC defense is they are really, really good. And we saw this versus Lamar Jackson and other quarterbacks. They're extremely good, like top five in the NFL as far as limiting deep passing. So it's not going to be Cam just chucking it, like leaning back there and just chucking it deep, Um, as well as I think that their ground defense is better. So I really think that the way that you attack this Kansas City Chiefs defense is via short passing with the running backs, play action, things of that nature, because Kansas City versus the running back position, they're 31st in DVOA. So whether that's they're so close in pricing. I mean, Burkhead, we just saw the dude get a three-tutty game. He's at 4,800. If James White is back, whoever's going to play that role is probably the option. Like, if I'm going to stack this game up, that's the guy that I want to run it back on the New England side. No, that's good. 5,200 on DK with James White, I think is a great call. On the other side of the ball, CEH is all the way down at 6,400. Does that feel pretty cheap? considering where he started the year out. What do you think? Yeah, that's insanely cheap. (laughs) For a guy that's on the field as much as he is and as much as he touches the ball, playing beside Patrick Mahomes, um, yes, I will play a lot of CEH this 
this week. And it's not because I think he's just like an absolute smash player. He can go off any week, but it's just the price. I think it just opens up a lot for you if you don't want to pay up for these, you know, two really, really expensive running backs. I think he's a great consideration if you're trying to save a little bit of cash. Yeah, he's only $100 less. I mean, he's $100 less than James Robinson, an undrafted free agent who's killing it, by the way. But that just it just felt weird to look at that. So how would you stack this game, Derek, on the Chiefs side? I think that I would start my builds with Patrick Mahomes. Um, we got to call him Patrick now, right? I mean, I don't want his mom sure. to listen to this show and then you know, get Absolutely. mad if I, call, if I call him Pat, So, um, which I just did. Um, I would start with <laughs> Mahomes. And honestly, the first building block that I would pick out with him is CEH because the way that the Chiefs should attack this Patriots defense, and you look at just historically, like that is what Andy Reid has done. I mean, looking at the last three games and the last one we can basically just kind of throw out because the Chiefs ran out <laughs> a laughable combination of Spencer Ware and LaShawn McCoy and, and Darwin Thompson. And now we've seen CEH get workloads of he had 25 touches, 16 touches, 25 touches. He's utilized in the passing game. And that is what I think that the Chiefs are going to do to attack this Belichick defense. And the two previous games besides those running backs that I mentioned at first, you saw Damian Williams go off. Like, dude had eight targets, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. The meeting prior to that, Kareem Hunt went for five receptions and over 100 receiving yards. So if I'm looking to stack this game, that's where I'm starting my build is with Patrick Mahomes and CEH. Yeah, and you can go to Tyreek Hill if you want. I mean, he's destroyed New England. Um, in three games against them, he's averaged 112 receiving yards and 1.3 TDs. So the dude knows how to get deep. And I usually am so weary about Tyreek because he can just have those dud games. But yeah, if you wanted to go with those three and stack white on the other side, I, I'm, I love that. I think that's a great way to, to look at this game. Kelsey, you know, is always viable. He's, he's always, you know, he's got a safe floor. He's had at least five receptions in every single game this year. So I don't mind that. Bets, are you feeling a little cold-blooded? Do you want to go to the Lizard King in this one? <laughs> well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me because I never know what to say. <laughs> I mean, you just it could be a fantastic week where he comes out and he wins you a tournament, or he could literally put you, you know, one catch for four yards. So I don't know, man. I I probably won't have Sammy Watkins this week. <laughs> I am not feeling cold-blooded, uh, to answer your question. I'm I'm still a truther. Um, I still want him to be a thing. And man, I loved him when he was in Buffalo. I, I really thought it was going to be a thing. Uh, what do you guys think about the Chiefs defense? If you just want to look at this game and, you know, say to yourself, you know what, there is a Chiefs onslaught. Any chance to play the Chiefs defense here? I think it's in play. Um, just looking at their price over on DK. The fact I'm just a guy that like usually nine times out of 10, I'm going to punt defense. So I just have a really, really hard time getting to 3,200 uh, for a defense over on DK. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't have a ton of interest in them. I mean, you know, defense is so fluky. So we, we always tell people like pick three to five that you really think could get a ton of sacks, have some turnovers, potentially a uh, kick return, et cetera. And just kind of, you know, sprinkle those in your lineup as you see fit. But I don't really see, I mean, it's such a high over-under, and I actually don't think Cam is going to play bad in this matchup. I, I talked about him already. I think they're going to put him in a position to succeed. I mean, did you guys see Bill Belichick after the loss 
in week two in the press conference. I don't think he slept literally like two minutes that night. He came out with a t-shirt on that had like four holes in it, uh, huge bags under his eyes. So I don't know, man. I just trust the preparation there. So, I, you know, I would much rather play defense that's going against someone like, gosh, I don't know, uh, a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I'll play the the Seattle defense where there's may, way more turnover likely. Um, how dare you? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> we just talked about how he loved him, but now I'm saying he's going to throw some picks. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not super into it, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so on the on the New England side, it's for me, it's... It's White and maybe Edelman, you know, in a GPP. He's not he's not bad to look at. He's got 24 targets through three weeks. Um, he's safe, at least. All right, for the Vegas pick, what do you like, Betts? I like New England with the points here. I think they can keep it closer than a touchdown uh, going on the road to KC. Derek? I'm actually going to go off the board here. I'm actually going to take the under here. If if Kansas City can shut down an offense that's explosive as Baltimore and they just put up like a 54 total, considering that and the Patriots pace in this game, I, I'm actually going to lean the under with this one unless just Kansas City just mauls them and, get, and pushes it over that. Yeah, I don't have a good read on the over-under, but I will take New England and seven. That just feels like too much. And man, I'm still... I. I still trust Bill Belichick to make this a game. All right, last game we're going to get to. It's the New Orleans Saints at the Detroit Lions. This game has a 54 and a half total. The Saints are four and a half point road favorites, and they have a 29 and a half point team implied total. And we just got news that Michael Thomas on Wednesday returned to a limited practice. So that could really shift how we're looking at this game, uh, what we're thinking about it. But Man, this Saints offense is basically Alvin Kamara. And then do we want to touch anyone else? So let's just let's do this exercise. If Thomas doesn't play, can you play anyone else on the Saints side? Oh, it's rough, man. <laughs> I mean, listen, if we're talking GPPs and we're talking tournaments, then yes, you can sprinkle in uh, a Traquan Smith or maybe a Jared Cook. He did pop up on the injury report, by the way, uh, on Wednesday. So monitor that. But uh, you know, certainly it's in their own possibility, but Drew Brees first, second and third read is Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. So it's just a really, really thin play. If it's anyone besides Michael Thomas, I certainly won't be, uh, building around those pass catchers. So I'll just say that <laughs> Derek, will you be paying up for Kamara? Who's I've been calling him wide receiver one. That's like, I haven't been calling him a running back. He's wide receiver one right now to me when he's getting all those targets, but on DK's 8,000, you paying up. Uh, I'll answer your question with a question. Are you going to make a lineup this week without Alvin Kamara in it? <laughs> I'm go. not. I'm not, man. Like, he's 8K. How is he not like CMC priced? How is he not above 9,000? Like, he is egregiously mispriced. I'm not going to make a lineup without Alvin Kamara, like, starting it. Like, you go, boop, and you, you take the screenshot, you put it on Twitter, and you say, all right, so what next? That's what you do this week. I love that sound effect, by the way, D bro. <laughs> oh, that was a that was a DraftKings noise. I mean, that wasn't actually me. You know, <laughs> great sponsor of the show. That that noise. Um, and then on the Lions side, uh, Stafford, and you know, we got Galladay back this past week. Marvin Jones had a big salary drop. He's only forty nine hundred on DK. So, would you be interested in doing a game stack of Stafford and one of the receivers, and then Kamara on the other side bets? Oh yes, I am all about that life. I. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I think, is just a screaming, you know, kind of by low candidate, so to speak, in, in all formats, including DFS, because 
the the offseason evaluation with Matthew Stafford included Kenny Galladay in the lineup, and he just entered the lineup last week. Obviously, it wasn't 100%, still had the touchdown. Uh, but this week, I think we can be more confident in his health. And so, yes, I want some Matthew Stafford. I want some Kenny Galladay. And I always have love for Marvin Jones. And this week, I mean, sub-5K price for Marvin Jones is a sneaky Marv. way to save some money. Oh, Marv. Gosh, we, we love some Marv on this show. He's not really done much for us, but... If there's a week, it's kind of like what you do with Mike Williams. I know a lot of people have done that in the past. It's just like, this is the Mike Williams week. Well, <laughs> I, I think this is, it's coming, man. One of these weeks. <laughs> I think this is the Marv week. Um, any other interest about other players in here? Adrian Peterson, anybody? Uh, nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hawkinson's 4,800 on DK if you want to pivot. Uh, he's just not getting the targets. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. And what about Drew Brees? You know, he's averaging last year. He averaged 196 passing yards on the road. And I feel like for DFS, I've been mostly just a full fade so far. So Derek, can you play Brees and stack him with Kamara? I feel like if you play Brees and a lot of times we're looking for correlations, especially when you're stacking these games, I like to double stack my quarterbacks and I don't really have a lot of confidence in doing that with Breeze. Like I could tell you, okay, it's Breeze and Kamara and name a, a, a person, name Michael Thomas, name another receiver, heck, a, a slot receiver. I mean, anybody like Breeze is going to spread the ball around or heck Kamara could score three touchdowns and he takes nobody with him. So I, I, I can't go with Breeze in this game. I, I much prefer Stafford because we know where the ball is going to go. Yeah, for sure. And I actually, in terms of the Vegas pick, I actually like the under in this one. I feel like Saints games still have this, you know, everyone imbues this thought that like Saints games just blow, like shoot out every single time. And that just really hasn't been the case over the last couple of years. Um, I think we're remembering like classic games of like Saints and Bucks or Saints and Falcons. And it's just not like that right now. So give me the under. What about you, Betts? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you put the, the note in the show doc here, both uh, allowing 33.71 seconds per play. That's tied for 29th when their opponent is leading. So like we're looking at potentially a situation where uh, things are slow. And yeah, you know, Drew Brees is not going to throw a check down pass to Alvin Kamara that goes 60 yards to the house like it did <laughs> this past Sunday, which, by the way, I would love. Obviously, we, we want to play Kamara, but uh, that's just not going to happen that often. And if Michael Thomas isn't there, man, I don't trust Drew Brees to keep this offense moving on the Saints side. So yeah, I like the under in this matchup. Derek? I'm actually going to lean the over in this one only because I I like Detroit to get right on the passing side with this one. I think if they're trailing, the Lions so far this season where they're trailing had the fourth highest passing rate in the NFL. So I think another week of Kenny Galladay getting healthy, um, plus New Orleans is has the fifth highest uh, script or fifth highest pace when they are in positive game scripts. So I think if you want a path to this to shoot out, you want the Saints to get up and then the Lions to come screaming back. So I like the over. And monitor the news. Obviously, Michael Thomas really does change things a lot. It changes, you know, in terms of is this game going to shoot out even more? So uh, monitor that. But let's duke it out, boys. DFS Battle Royale. So we're in the ring together, and um, our weapons of choice are intellect and our good looks. The three of us. That's what, that's what we've screwed. got here. <laughs> <laughs> we boys, we have faith. We have a face for podcasting. You know, that's why. That's why oh, we're yeah. here. 
Oh, this is All full right. base for radio. <laughs> we got Borg, Betts, and Brown here. Last week, I made up a little bit of the difference, Betts. Um, I think I got three out of two. And what we're doing is we're going to pick five different categories. And in these categories, the three of us are going to pick somebody that we think fits this. And um, hopefully that gives you guys a, a clue about some players that we didn't mention in those specific games. So the first category is top five QB bust. And we're going to do this on DraftKings. But in terms of points per dollar, who's the quarterback? We'll start with you, Derek. Who's the quarterback you think that could bust in the top five real quick? So are we going with just the games that we talked about previously or just on the full quarterback on selection? The slate. On the on slate. On the slate, I, I got to go with Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's QB1, 8,100 on DK. I just don't think that the Ravens are going to have to push the envelope. I, I, I get he could smash, and I get Chase Young is out, but I I don't think the Ravens are just going to have to do that versus this Washington football team. He's 9,600 on FanDuel, which is just you know insane that his salary is that high. So yeah, I, I feel like Lamar, uh, you have to pay up this week, and you're hoping that he can return. But yeah, I, I could see that. Bet's. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about this player in a very positive way earlier, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I still want to play Dak Prescott, but uh, $7,200, and it's just really about Cleveland. Like, let's call it what it is. They're, they're not a good team, and I don't know that I trust Baker to be able to make Dak that, you know, we're talking about you know price here. I don't know that he's going to make Dak have to reach his ceiling. Now, can he get there? Yes, obviously. He's done it multiple weeks, so I'm not saying it's a zero chance. But I'm just saying when you look at other players around them uh, at the quarterback position, it makes me a little nervous. I don't know that he'll be able to reach his true ceiling in this game against Cleveland, especially if they're going to win the matchup and be able to control the clock. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a fade mode, I guess, on, on Dak for this week. If you guys pick Lamar... And Dak, there's only three quarterbacks left. It's either Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Russell Wilson, which, oh man, choosing those guys to fail is not good. I'm just going to say Russ, um, you know, last How year. How dare you? I, I, I feel like an idiot. I feel like people should just press pause or just delete the podcast after I said that. <laughs> um, 7,800, you know, he had some dud games last year. Let's be honest. He wasn't the consistent quarterback. And so. Maybe he doesn't return the same value. I'm telling people to play Russ, but in terms of the game, um, I'll just, I'll go with that. I'll go with the unconventional guy. All right, running backs. Give me a running back under 6K that you think will pay off, Derek. Yeah, I'm going to go back to one of the games we talked about. I love Mike Davis at 5,700 on DK. Uh, We know he's going to get all the work. I mean, the guy is, he's top six in the NFL and red zone targets right now. He would attack the Cardinals with running backs in the passing game. Uh, in the last two weeks, he's got a 25% target share. So check, check, check. Give me all the Mike Davis. Bets. I'm going to go to a Rams running back. That I. So I got to be honest. I have not been on this guy early in the season. It's It's been for obvious reasons. Um, Cam Akers, to me, is the best running back on the roster. However, there is an issue. He's not going to play in this game dealing with a rib injury still, most likely. Now, of course, monitor the practice sports. Things could change. But as of now, I'm projecting him to miss. And that leaves Daryl Henderson at $5,800, who we saw him come out and have a great week last week. I mean, he's just head and shoulders in terms of explosiveness above Malcolm Brown. You hope that Sean McVay sees the obvious and (laughs) gives Daryl Henderson some run in this matchup. I mean, we're talking about a defense for the Giants that that brought Jarek McKinnon back from the dead. 
So I think you can play Daryl Henderson if Cam Akers is out with confidence here at sub $6,000 on DraftKings. To me, is a good value. I'm going to pivot. Guys, this is a mid-podcast pivot because I just Ooh. got a sleeper alert that says Leonard Fournette will likely be out this weekend. So Ronald wow. Jones at 4700 I haven't thought about it longer than five seconds, but it sounded <laughs> gross coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but but 4700 uh, that could pay off. Um, I mean, they play the Chargers. He's gonna he his his he's gonna rise in roster percentage. But I just wanted the shock and awe. I wanted to show you guys that there's a running back out there named Ronald Jones that can break your heart. He's broken my heart multiple times in the past, and it will not happen again this week. <laughs> yes, I, I say no, no, sir. <laughs> I've I've actually been a full fade on on Jones and DFS, so I feel okay. Like I escaped that one week. I was a week two. Everybody wanted to play Ronald Jones. I escaped unscathed, but um, yeah, you know what? When you get the that kind of news on the podcast, you you got to do it. You got to roll with it. You got to go for it. I like it. All right, wide receiver under five k that you like, Derek? I'm going to go with Golden Tate at 4,600 here uh, versus the Rams. Giants have been, their pace has been amazing. Passing rate, I think they're going to be trailing in this game. Um, if you want to look at any splits with Sterling Shepard off the field, uh, I think Tate's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of a 25% target share this week. Uh, yeah, that's how you attack the Rams is via the slot. So yeah, I love Golden Tate this week. Bets. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go to uh, a, a, a game we talked about already. We didn't actually talk about this player that much, but I actually kind of like Preston Williams at $4,500. To me, the price is just so intriguing in a game environment where we're not going to know maybe you know who exactly is going to be the guy that smashes on the Dolphins, but there is going to be someone that smashes on the Dolphins. Um, and each week that goes by, Preston Williams is another week removed from his ACL surgery. We should see more return to his normal form back in what we saw last year. So yeah, $4,500, it's just a great value. I think Preston Williams is a very sneaky type of pivot off of Devontae Parker this week. When you get a chance to take a player who looks more like an accountant than a football player, <laughs> you go with that. You go with Hunter Renfro at $4,600 when Henry Ruggs is out, when Brian Edwards is out. Who are they going to... I mean, they'll probably throw it to Waller, but still, Hunter Renfro... In the slot, he's going to be there. He's going to get the snaps. And Buffalo has actually been bleeding out points to the slot position, you know, week in, week out. It was Gesicki. Um, you know, it, they've just they've just been terrible against the slot receivers. Cole Beasley had 100 yards this past week. So, um, yeah, give me give me some of those teams. All right, tight end. Tight ends uh, under 4K. Who do you like, Derek? Oh gosh, I, I I I feel like I need to pause and throw up in my mouth here for a second. But I, <laughs> oh gee. god, all right, I'm Jimmy Graham at thirty eight hundred here, uh, and this really goes down to what do we want from tight ends? Like if you're literally going to fall into the end zone, which is probably going to be close to what Jimmy Graham does, but if he falls into the end zone, I'm I'm fine with it. The Colts are 31st in red zone pass defense, and we see Graham. He's getting a ton of looks down there inside the 20. I mean, he's second in the NFL in red zone targets. As nasty as it sounds, yes, Jimmy Graham. <clears throat> on the on the footballer show, Doc, every chance I get to throw shade at Jimmy Graham, I try to. Every <laughs> single time, I put either a picture of a, of a skull or some type of corpse next to his name. He's usually known as Jimmy Grandpa. And um, after two touchdowns this week, I felt personally owned because I really think Jimmy Graham should be out of the league. 
I, and there's nothing against him <laughs> or his family. I'm sure he's a great guy, but um, yeah, man, I was shocked with two touchdowns against my Falcons. Of course, um, we won't talk about that. Bets, who's your tight end? <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought of you, Kyle, when I saw those two touchdown passes <laughs> last week. Uh, I'm going to go to a, a player priced at $3,500, Logan Thomas. And yes, it's been extremely disappointing for the past couple of weeks, but you could argue, I mean, there is no tight end that has a better situation as far as the role he is playing in the offense than Logan Thomas, right? Like he's playing over 80% of the snaps. He's running a route on almost 100% of Dwayne Haskins dropbacks. He's in the slot 71% of the time. So those are all good things. But per PFF, he's dead last in catchable targets at the tight end position. Dwayne Haskins, can you please get my man the ball? Because he is doing everything he can to get the ball. You are just not delivering. But at $3,500, it's a you know bargain price, so to speak, for a guy that's just on the field a ton running routes. So I'm going back to the well with Logan Thomas. I think that's a great call. He was chalk last week. But yeah, go back to Logan Thomas. And I'm going to go with someone, you know, it was just a small sample size. That's why things didn't work out as well as we wanted to. Drew Sample, $3,500. Don't lock Costco it in. Costco sampler. <laughs> Don't lock it in this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's going to be 3 or 4% rostered. And in a tournament, if you want to stack him with Joe Burrow against the Jaguars, I don't hate it. And to finish this off, Derek, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. We need a wild card choice. Give us a category on the spot that Betts and I have to figure out on DK, you know, what we want. So just random category, anything uh, we can jump in with. Okay, give me your lock of the week, and it can't be a player we've discussed to this point. Ooh, that's a good one. That is tough. Oh, man. So I, I didn't would... want any easy, like, knee-jerk, oh, I have a Kamara answer. So I was like, can't be somebody we've talked about already that you will play in all your lineups. All right, I, I got one for you here. I'm looking at, okay. I'm looking at DraftKings. I'm scrolling, and I didn't have to scroll very far to see a man who is playing out of his mind in Josh Allen. I mean, to me, I know we talked about the cheap options with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but to me, no one's talking about Josh Allen in the same light as Russell Wilson or as Patrick Mahomes or as Dak Prescott. But for fantasy, he is putting up just as good, if not better, numbers. So. Yeah, man, Josh Allen against Vegas. Yeah, give me a break. I will take some Josh Allen this week. I'm going to go with the player. Every week I look for a running back that is just, I can find under 5%. And right now, based on our projections, Austin Eckler is 4.6% rostered. And that's just way too low for someone we saw us in last week. And people will run away because they'll see the Tampa Bay rush defense. They've been great for the last couple of years. But remember, Eckler... Dude catches passes, 11 catches last week. So in tournaments, I mean, I want to be way overweight on Austin Eckler, 7,100 on DraftKings. Uh, I'll take it. All right. Um, my guy, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook here. 7,600. I think he's going to get a little bit overlooked, even though he crushed last week uh, because he's priced right next to Zeke, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. And versus Houston, James Conner had himself a game last week, and the guy could have had two, maybe three touchdowns. So I'm going to go with Dalvin. I like Perfect. It. Per- well, last week we had a DraftKings tournament. It was a 75-man tournament, and it paid out uh, for the top spot. This week we're going to have the top five spots. It's only a $5 entry, and each week Betts and I get to post that on 
uh, our Twitter. Derek, hopefully you get to jump in with us this week on that. But um, yeah, it's a fun way for people to listen to the podcast. Put in five bucks, single entry, um, have a little tournament and uh, win yourself some extra cash. So DK tournament, you can find that link on our Twitter at Kyle underscore Borg or at the fantasy PT. Any closing thoughts you got, boys? I mean, hey, it's week four. Like, someone go take down a GPP, please, for us, and post it on Twitter. Tag us. Uh, good luck to everybody this week. Derek, thank you so much, man, for joining us. It was a blast, as always. Good luck in week four. Thanks, guys, for having me. This is a blast. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.